survive and thrive. This is a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but thrive in change. I'm your host and co-founder of Consinity, Jennifer Ayers. This season, my partners and I will walk you through the eight tenets to drive meaningful, impactful, and sustainable change in an organization. We'll explore each of these tenets at a high level over eight weeks, and then we'll take a deeper dive into each one to really understand why it's important and how to put some of these principles into practice. We'll share some of our own personal experiences from the hundreds of clients that we've helped and invite other professionals to our show to share their stories on what's worked, what hasn't worked, and what perspectives they can offer on the relevance of these tenants. Well, with me today, I'm very excited to have our partner, Samantha Collins. I've had the pleasure of working with Samantha for many, many years, have enjoyed learning from Samantha and working on a number of different initiatives together to improve the lives of our clients. At least that's how I like to look at it. So Samantha, please introduce yourself. Sure. Thanks, Jen. I started my career in consulting right out of college, and I was brought into a very large consulting firm working with clients in the communications, media, and technology space, doing a whole lot of systems integration work for large global Fortune 500 companies. I focused the last part of my career mostly on change management, and I was doing that for about, say, about eight years at the firm that I was with. And then I moved uh, into some startup stuff for a while. And then it wasn't long before you came knocking, Jen, and (laughs) here we are together working closely again. Great. And I couldn't be more thrilled to have you just so that our listeners know. I definitely kept uh, chasing you for a little while. So you finally let me win and and bring you on board. So I'm so excited to to have you as part of our, our team. And we are creating amazing new possibilities for our clients. So now... We both have spent a lot of time working with our clients and helping them navigate through change. And I'm kind of curious to hear from your perspective, what are your general observations about leading an organization through change? Maybe you can share with our audience just some ideas of times that it's worked well or times that it didn't work well. And and why was that? You know, when I think about change management, right, in your daily life, sometimes you'll see like a press release come out or an article in the newspaper from the Associated Press, for example, with a piece of news that's like hot off the wire. Often there's not a whole lot of context around kind of what the change means, you know, the analysis. And without that part, the information isn't as useful. So the media will pay big, big money to people to weigh in on what changes mean and help us understand kind of the so what of change. You know, with a career in change management, what we've seen is that this happens in organizations all the time. For example, you might walk into work and see an email announcement of like a new significant change to the C-suite of your business. So your immediate next question is like, okay, well, how is that going to affect me, right? What does this mean for me? What does this mean for my group, my team, the company as a whole, our place in the market? There's all these different dimensions of any change that really gives the change its meaning. You know, and it's not always bad. Like for example, if we roll out a new cloud-based tool at work, I can say, well now it's going to help me access this from my mobile device, which means it's more convenient for me, might have a better user experience, I might be more effective in my role or 
wow, this thing makes the experience just way better. So when I think of like change management and sort of all of the ways that we look at change, change is totally constant. Change is constant. Change happens all the time. And it's really about how well do we understand what this change is going to mean to certain people in the business and how do we then plan effectively to mitigate the change. Oh, I love that. And what a great segue to my next question. (laughs) So speaking of mitigating impacts, and I do, I think it's so important what you said on providing the context for, for someone that's receiving that information, specifically to an individual, when they hear that message, they're thinking, uh, okay, how does this impact me? So in your experience, what does the word change impact really mean? It's really the, the who, what, when, how, and why, right, of the change. What is so what about this change? You know, once you have kind of those facts down, you know, you then can say, okay, well, what is the current state of affairs today? What is it of tomorrow? And really start to tease out the answers to those questions. On projects where we drive the change management, we always have this deliverable change impact assessment. It's something that we always incorporate as part of our change management offering. And I remember, Jen, actually way back in the day, you described this this process to me. I was new to change management. And I remember you describing the change impact assessment deliverable. And I thought, wow, people do this, right? It's effectively just a, an Excel spreadsheet that lists out all of the changes that are taking place. And it really teases out, okay, well, what does this change mean to this stakeholder group? What does it mean to this this part of the business? And what's the perceived, you know, impact to this group? How are they going to receive this? And then really thoughtfully planning out from there, you know, okay, what well, has to get done? Okay, it's going, it's going to affect these people in this way. How do we plan for that? And how do we build that into our change plan? So I remember when you described that to me, I thought, wow, this is such a simple exercise. But then in doing it over and over and over again on projects across the board from ERP deployments to M&A merger integration projects, you start to see the power of like such a simple exercise. Just seeing it all on one page allows you to sort of filter on a group and say, this is the broad change and this is how it's going to affect these groups of people so that we can then tailor our change strategy to those people and scale up or down based on the impact to that group. It's such a simple exercise, but it's often not not done. And, and a lot of it is just attention and focus on the changes, looking at the changes in this way. So a little simple attention, you know, goes a long way with respect to this this stuff. Great point. And I appreciate that you describe it as having a simple tool like Excel to capture all of these changes in one place is is extremely useful. You know, I think about the time we spent on some of our large projects together where we took some steps to collect the impacts of the business in a very broad way because it was the global deployment. There were multiple thousands of users that were impacted at scale. And maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the useful ways to collect those impacts. How does somebody you know, sort of it's one thing to get a spreadsheet and start documenting things. But if you think about it almost like a process, what are some useful ways that we can maybe help our listeners think about steps they can take to to do this work? 
the earlier that we can start the conversation around this exercise, the better. Often we get brought in, we, the change management team, get gets brought in like very late on a project. And this could go for any any initiative. It doesn't have to necessarily be a typical, you know, systems integration or IT project like we're like we're used to thinking about. I think the first step is is understanding, okay, like why assess the change in this way? So I'm trying to make the case to the sponsors of the change or the drivers of the change as to the importance of this exercise. And so starting early, starting with this program sponsors, making sure that they understand that this change affects people, you know, in different ways. And it's going to drive the outcome of our plan about how to um, manage change, you know, ongoing. It can be done in terms of, you know, engineering it into early stage project deliverables, meaning and maybe in some of the process designs in ERP implementation, for example, pointing people to a section that says, okay, let's think about the changes here. Who is this going to be affecting and how? And, you know, as we kind of move forward into the design and build and, and deployment phases of, of an IT program, as an example, we revisit the change impacts, we aggregate them, and then we sort of tease them out. On very complex cross-functional initiatives, typically it, it makes sense to bring different members of the business together into a change impact workshop, for example, where we are looking at the process from start to finish, and we're really driving at teasing out those changes to each group. And what we find in those change workshops is when we bring everybody together, often folks in one business function might not consider the up or downstream impacts of their their job. And they might not understand how the whole picture comes together until that workshop. And then what we see is, oh, wow, there's actually a whole lot of considerations that we might not have otherwise um, understood or revealed. There's multiple ways to do this, but I think in summary, it sort of starts with just talking about the importance of understanding change and then, you know, teasing that out through various ways, whether it be a tactical, you know, deliverable spreadsheet, change impact assessment, or a business workshop where we bring everybody together and, and talk through the change. So it can be done in many ways, and it really has to be fit to uh, the needs of the business and the projects being driven. I love that you sort of backed up and started with you've got to work with the leadership first and get alignment there and make them help educate some of the leaders that there's going to be impacts that are not even yet known. And whether there's a technology aspect to it or not, there is a starting point that usually begins around the future state. What does that future state look like? What are the organizational outcomes you're trying to achieve? And starting to document those things and think about how each division in an organization, for example, needs to get there can be an iterative process over the course of your project or initiative. And one of the things that you mentioned that I think is really powerful for people to not lose sight of in this process is bringing key individuals that represent some of those different functions, some of those different geographies, etc., together in some way to facilitate a session. We, we typically did these business transformation workshops or change management workshops with our clients, and we do that now as well. But in the past, we've done it and we do it now. It really can help to illuminate for folks that there are processes 
that may have been overlooked that now need to be recreated. There may be some revelation that in order to get to the end state, you need to design a new role, for example, to do some of the work that was not initially part of the business process. And so there's all these different implications. I'm curious to hear from your perspective, what are some of the outputs of these impacts and how do they help you with your overall change program and plan? You know, Jen, I think that the point of documenting change impacts is to make sure that we're making this, whatever the change is going to be, as easy as possible for the people experiencing it and to make sure that nothing big is missed before the deadline for the change or the go live. The importance here is like, it's really the, the change impact assessment and doing this work is really the foundation of any change plan. Often, I think people see change management as just, just solely training and communications. And for the most part, it, it is that in terms of the resulting change plan. But, you know, for the most part, it's these kind of, this exercise helps us to understand the discrete actions that need to take place for each of the groups that are affected differently. A big driver to get at that plan is this exercise of stepping through the change impacts and really thinking through what has to get done, you know, to mitigate this change. When this is not done well, you can see different issues pop up, right? For example, in the case of an org change with like a new CEO or something, right? People may incorrectly assume that it means something that it doesn't, right? Because it's human nature to sort of assume the worst and we get fearful and it can spin, the narrative can spin out of control. So understanding the sort of changes in this way early allows us to take control of the narrative to get ahead of some of those um, implications right downstream. And it also helps us to you know, mitigate issues that might pop up that could actually jeopardize the, the go-live date. This exercise just helps us to really make sure that like, the plan that we make to plan for change is tailored to certain stakeholder groups and makes sense for the size of the impact that's going to have um, and really helps us to be thorough and comprehensive in our approach to mitigating um, any of the changes. That's great. And in our experience, and I imagine you would agree with me having been on so many projects together, but time and time again, leaders and organizations don't realize that there is an actual process to follow that can help you identify those those risks and those business impacts and to take action against those. And there's actual work that needs to go in to identify what audience is being impacted or roles in the, in the business? How are they being impacted? What's the level of impact, you know, high, medium, low relative? What's the size in terms of how many individuals are in that role or in that job function that are going to be impacted? Is it global? Is it national, etc.? You know, what specifically is known about what's changing? And sometimes you don't know details until later on in the project. But Early on, even you can start to capture some of that information. And as you move along in your project, you can continue to add more details on skills or knowledge needed. Frankly, also, what does this impact do in terms of being perceived as a positive or potentially a negative impact for those individuals? Sometimes impacts are very positive and, and good. And like you said, then how does it inform additional communications and training and, and things of that nature? Yeah, to that point, Jen, I think sometimes we'll see a change that we're introducing. And to us, in the scheme of things, it looks like a sort of an insignificant 
change or it's a smaller change, right? But to the person whose job is changing, maybe the change that we're introducing is going to change a job that someone's done over the last 15 years. But it's a small technology change for us, you know, in the scope of the project. But to that person, it's a very big deal. You know, they have to feel supported for them to adapt to the change effectively, right? The exercise is just super important. It's like it, it makes sure that you're engaging the right people to the appropriate degree. Do we have the right steering committee or the right sponsorship based on who it's touching in the organization? Like, are we working with the right mid-level, senior director level folks in the business who are going to be the ones on the ground maybe driving the change? What else do we need to do to tailor those communications to the degree of the impacts that we've revealed? It's all of those questions is that this is the output of this exercise that helps us really build a plan that's comprehensive and makes sense. Yeah, I t- totally agree. And I think one of the big value adds out of this work of identifying the impacts and categorizing them and reviewing them with various uh, stakeholders in your organization is you can use it to inform metrics on if your organization is ready to embrace this change, whatever that change is. And quite literally, some of the outputs from a change impact assessment can be put into kind of a red, yellow, green status across whatever readiness scorecard you might be used to using or or business dashboard that you're used to using. And one uh, example that comes to my mind as I'm talking to you, Samantha, is we had a client who was um, going to market with a new way of providing services into the market. And they, as a result of that, they were also implementing an additional technology. But through this work of the change impact assessment and going back and reviewing it and checking again and taking some of the outputs on it to identify where we had risks from a business readiness scorecard perspective or dashboard perspective, very close to our go live date, we uncovered that there was a, I'll say sort of a a gap in the in the process uh, that revealed that some of the critical revenues that this company uh, would typically recognize through one of their sales channels would not actually have been recognized. So that would have been a big deal if they <laughs> went live and couldn't recognize revenue in uh, <laughs> for one part of their business channel. Oh yeah, we've seen lots of that type of changes that that could have been a big whoopsie if we didn't do this activity. Like particularly, that's that's where the cross-functional reviews are so important because sometimes you'll be working with one group, like finance, for example, and you know we'll go through the changes and we think we have everything. But then when you get a sales team person reviewing the finance or, or vice versa, you know they see things that the individuals within those groups don't see. They know upstream and downstream impacts. They know they have additional information to layer in to consider that does typically result in in those kind of discoveries. It's actually kind of magical when you when you put people from different business functions that don't work together usually and have no reason to come together otherwise to look at the process end to end. You really the discoveries are really illuminating sometimes in big organizations. I'm always kind of surprised at the degree that there isn't that cross functional, you know, dialogue that could really help to improve things. So the change impact working sessions are are a good way to do that. I love that you say that. I was just thinking as I was listening to you that this is actually a great exercise for any organization that might be struggling with siloed challenges. So 
maybe they're having challenges even with collaboration or the organization just naturally falls into silos and there's less frequent opportunity for cross-functional or cross-geographic discussion. Even doing something like a change impact workshop for a small organizational impact or even using it to explore what's happening in our ecosystem, what are our internal pressures and external pressures, and how can we think creatively about moving through those and continuing to realize our objective as an organization or our mission as an organization. This process can easily be adapted to bring people together, to bring diverse thought to the table and explore solutions that might typically or maybe potentially be overlooked had you not brought some of those individuals with different backgrounds and different experiences together. Absolutely. I think in big organizations where the processes are more or less, you know, baked, you do sort of see that siloed um, nature a lot more than in smaller organizations or maybe organizations that are poised to scale up where that dialogue is possible. Like I always, I always used to think, oh, I wish if I were designing an organization, I would make sure that these people talk all the time or often, you know, on a certain cadence to try to really make sure that that things are, you know, effective because it, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen when the organization gets to a certain size. Exactly. We could talk about how that actually sort of spins into the whole notion of agile and agile change management and the benefits around that, which basically help to nurture and foster communications on a more regulated basis, which we all know we cannot uh, use any, we can always use more uh, communications. I think what's the line, you have to hear something eight times before it registers for the first time. So (laughs) something like that. Anyway, how early do you think it makes sense for an organization to start thinking about these impacts and maybe even beginning to identify individuals who can help capture them, et cetera? I would say as early as possible. I was on a project, you know, recently where the, you know, the project charter was sort of circulated and it talked about all the different changes that the program was going to be delivering. But like it was missing the context of what those changes meant. Like it just read like very sort of a dry laundry list of, of changes with absolutely no context. So it was hard for me to understand what does this mean? What is this? What, how big is this? How much of a change really is, is this going to have? As early as kind of the start of a, of a project, I would say even when we're budgeting, right? What degree of change management, what degree of spend or do we need to have on a project? We should be talking about the change in the context of its impact on the business in those discussions so that we can effectively put a number, you know, on the percentage of change management we think we might need. And that exercise of revisiting, you know, the impact of the business should take place, you know, often when I'm designing a change plan with the timeline. You know, I always put a little refresh, the change impact assessment is a milestone because at various times on an IT project, for example, throughout throughout build, we're going to be finding new discoveries. There's going to be new things popping up. So I think it's important to look at it at the very beginning of the program and then also revisit it various times throughout the duration of the program to make sure that we've caught everything. That's great. Thank you for providing that perspective. And I, I agree with you. Obviously, of course, I agree with you. (laughs) But that's because you're so smart. 
I'm kind of interested maybe to hear from your perspective too. What if you don't get this process started early and you're pretty close to your potential project deployment date or whenever this event is going to occur, is there still time to to do some of this work to minimize disruption? What are your thoughts on that? That's a great question, Jen, because obviously like in an ideal world, we would want this exercise done at the very beginning of the project so we can adequately plan for it. But this is often not done. This isn't something that we see being done well across the board. And it is really so simple. But if again, like if the focus and the attention isn't put on this, then it's not adequately planned for. So if you are on a program and it, this change impact is has not been uh, looked at, <laughs> I'd say any time is better than no time. <laughs> if you're close to a go-live date or close to the change or close to the date where a change is going to be deployed, even if we look at the, the highest impacted groups, right, and we just narrow narrowed that down and start to think through, okay, do we have everything in place for these high impact folks? And then you work your way down. It's better to look at it even later than not at all. That would be my answer is just try to try to look at it as soon as you are aware of it and try to plan for those highly impacted groups first. Well, I totally agree. And if you haven't done this and your launch day arrives, you will learn about the impacts one way or the other. So better to try to capture them early, even if it's uh, T minus one week, uh, even just doing the exercise of thinking through, hey, um, where do we think maybe some of the gotchas are? And how do we even just message out around those if need be? So right. And, and also, I would say, if you are in a situation where the you know, we haven't done this exercise and we're close to go live and we know that we won't have adequate time to get to those those folks that are highly impacted in advance of the, the deployment of the change. I think the key is to think about well, what planning do we need to do after the change takes place to support some of the disturbances that we know are going to take place, right? So what are the support mechanisms? Maybe we need to beef up our training or our support during stabilization after the change and plan for those. Exactly, exactly. So maybe the message there is never too late to brace for an impact. (laughs) Yeah. Or at least never too late to recover from an impact and take action. So we would recommend that you do this work as early as possible. So with that, um, let me think, Has is there anything else we haven't really covered in exploring the, the benefits in terms of how an organization can really create a more, I mean, I would say this is one of the, in my experience, this is one of the most important documents or deliverables or activities that you can do as an organization to help minimize disruption and help to um, frame the impacts in a way that individuals know how to respond to it and what to expect. In other words, they can expect that it's going to be difficult because hopefully you're being transparent in your conversations and you're letting them know, or they can be told um, the benefits so that they can embrace some of those changes earlier or start to em- uh, embrace some of the behavior that you desire sooner. So I'm just thinking uh, maybe in your words, Samantha, any final observations that you might 
share in general, just to encourage our business uh, listeners to not only survive, but thrive and change? You know, an organization is made up of just a bunch of individuals like you or me, just a bunch of people. We know that change is difficult for people in general. Some leaders think this way kind of intuitively. They just know, okay, I need to describe kind of where we're going and why, how it's going to affect people. But I think like we're making it with this whole process, we are making it easier for people to understand the change and to adapt to the change, right? And so there is a structured way that we take to clients that allows us to step through understanding these impacts and how to plan for them. At a, a leadership level, you know, it's really just how do I want my people to feel when this change takes place? And what can I do in terms of the, the, the messaging that I give them and how I'm going to support them to make them feel like they have that support and like I care? So I think it, it really comes down to the people and just planning um, in such a way that, that shows you understand who your people are and you care. I like that. Well put. Yes. I think that, look, sometimes there are going to be people in your organization that are just never going to be happy with changes that are occurring, but they're, by and large, people will respond if they feel supported, heard, understood. And I think you said it best that they just feel that they've been cared for in some way. Yeah. Awesome. How would you like our listeners to reach out to you if they have follow-on questions besides going to our website and finding you? <laughs> yeah, sure. I was going to say you can find me on the Consenity website or on LinkedIn. It's probably the best two ways. Happy to chat. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today and coming out and doing our little chat here on change impact work and the importance of it. I definitely think it is something that is overlooked and is one of the things that can really help companies prepare for impacts and create a more positive experience in the end. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Samantha. We look forward to hearing from folks on how these episodes are going and if they're finding some of this information useful. And once again, thanks for joining this week. Remember, at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, don't just survive, thrive. Take care.